So you're a good friend, yes. We want to welcome you here warmly in Jesus' name. We're all about Jesus in this place. Uh, we have a little saying to say every week, and sometimes it's, you might get sick right after a while, but we want you to know what our vision is. We have three Gs. We want to go bring people to Jesus. Uh, isn't Jesus wonderful? He's amazing. He's, he changed my life. And so we want to go to bring other people to Jesus and share the love that God has for them the same way kind of love has for us. Then, second G, we want to grow them up. And there'll be opportunities for that as we grow as a new church. We want to grow up to be everything God wants you to be. You know, God has amazing plans for you. You realize that, right? God is in the business of using ordinary people. Like, like uh, some of you guys are extraordinary, I see that. But regular boss like me, God is in the business of using us in extraordinary ways to do extraordinary things. Just, just regular people. And that's the great thing about the gospel. You can take somebody who's been down and out, somebody who's been lost, somebody who the world says, you're nothing. And Jesus will lift you up and bring you into his kingdom and hug you and hold you and make you his child and turn you into an amazing thing. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God can do that? He's in that kind of business. So that's the growth part. And then this, the last G is give. We want to um, give back to the world. In other words, we want to reproduce. What you're seeing here is just the beginning of what God wants to do on this campus. Can you imagine when you got together all the people on this campus and, and look at the world we're living in. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? And we need to pray. Pray for the peace of all the innocent people out there. We see the world is out of control, but Jesus is in control. He's in charge. And we also tell people every week, you know, that he's coming back soon for his kids. Someday he's going to right every wrong. And we see all the wrongs out there. He's going to right every wrong. Uh, the, the lame will, will walk, the blind will see, and he's going to correct every injustice, every racial issue. He's going to come back for his kids. So we have a lot to look forward to. If you're a Christian today, Dad, you have a lot to look forward to. If you're not a believer in Jesus today, you have an opportunity today. Um, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that, just like me, back in 1978, um, now I'm dating myself. <laughs> I'm really only 39, but you know. But uh, back in that day, I remember when I said, Jesus, I'm at the end of my world, take my life, and he did. He forgave me, he gave me a new beginning, and he can do the same for you. And that's what it's all about. That's what the gospel is all about. So I'm really excited about today. Today we're in our last week of the series called Relationship Restart. You know, God created all the relationships. In the beginning, there's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's amazing intimacy there. In the beginning, the, the Word was with God, um, and the Word was God. There was this amazing intimacy, and Jesus uh, was in the beginning with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And because they're relational, they created us in their image to be relational. They want us to have a relationship with them and then with each other, the triune God. And so that's why in your heart, you have a need for relationship. God didn't create you through life alone. He created you to be in relationship with Him. And so that's the whole reason for this series, Relationship Restart. And uh, let's see here. There you go. And today, we're going to talk about finding the one. Now, 
way, besides making a decision for, to become a Christian, probably the most important decisions you're going to make in life is number one, will I get married? That's a decision you have to make. That's your choice. God's not going to force you to get married if you don't want to. It's will I get married? And then probably an even more important question is who will it be that I'm going to marry? And, um, you know, that's, that's a big issue, right? We're probably all wondering, um, who is that person I'm going to marry? I remember when I was a kid, uh, I'm still like a kid, which you get to know me, but I'm a baby boomer, so I hope some of you college students know this. Let's see, when we were playing tag, when we were playing hide and seek, we would, we would want to pick someone to be it, to be that one who was going to be it. And then we would go hide on that person, they would have to find us. You have to help me with this. Can you guys help me with this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Eeny, meeny, mo. Catch it. By the toe. If he hollers, let him know. Eeny, meeny, mo. And of course, my version is, I, I, I never liked where it landed, so I would go, my mother told me to pick you. <laughs> I made it so that I was never it. <laughs> And the idea of picking, uh, we talked about that a, a, few, a few weeks ago, that in, we made the analogy, we went apple picking, we were here, and the idea there's fruit, right? And you have to pick that fruit that's going to be perfect to eat. Some of us pick the wrong fruit. We go and we're lazy and we pick the fruit that's at the bottom of the tree, the low-lying fruit, and it looks good, but when we get it home, ah, it's rotten, it's all filled with worms and so forth. And we go, man, how did I get that? And, and so the idea here is God, uh, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, um, God, it's a team effort. Finding the one is a team effort. And we see in the scripture, that's the one thing, um, in, in Proverbs 12, 26, it says here, it says, the righteous chooses friends carefully. So you choose, you choose to be married, you choose who you're gonna marry. We're going to get into that in a second. And then it says here, you should choose your friends carefully. Now, if you should choose your friends carefully, you better darn well choose your mate carefully, right? But some of us put more time in choosing an outfit of what we're going to wear <laughs> for that day than, than choosing who we're going to spend the rest of our lives with. This is like a crazy important decision. And yes, it's easy to mess up because if you pick the wrong fruit and you get married, and I, as you know, I've I, I worked in family court for many years. I, I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of couples who said, I picked the wrong fruit. <laughs> I, uh, you know, in the sense that we were on different pages. We're not, we, we're not together. We should never have gotten married. And it's very possible um, for that to happen as a Christian. It's very possible for that to happen. If you're not, first of all, your foundation is not Jesus. We mentioned a few weeks back, you know, the very first thing uh, to find the right person is to be the right person. And to be the person that the person that you want to find is looking for. And so that's the very first thing, is your foundation should be in Jesus. You should seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, including, you know, we have a, a giving father, right? We have the way maker. I love that song. 
he's a great way maker, and you may be in a position as a man, who am I ever going to meet? When is this ever going to happen? Can God ever do this even for me? The answer is, of course he can. He, he can take, put water out of a stone, right? We saw that in the scriptures. He can allow Abraham to have a baby at 97 years old, Abraham and Sarah. He can definitely uh, bring a mate to you. And, and that's what God wants. I assume most of us in this room were either married, we're either single and we want to get married, uh, or we're uh, we're just looking, or 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 we're married and we wish we weren't married. <laughs> it, it's just it's just the way it is. But here we see right from the beginning, God is a great provider. We see that in Genesis two twenty two, God brought to Adam. A woman, he brought her to me. Now, what I'm going to say here is, he's the initiator. He initiates. So people always ask me, oh, does God have one special person for me? My soulmate. You hear that all over. And I love watching, I'm making a confession. Oh, man. Hey, guys, don't hold it against me. I watch Hallmark <laughs> Christmas specials. And, and I don't know why, I just love it. Is this something, who watches, come on, who watches Hallmark in this room? I watch some Hallmark movies. All right. Oh boy, okay, great. Well, anyway, it's, it's, it's romantic. They, 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 somehow they come together, and it's always at one minute before the show's over, they kiss. You know, so if you time it next time, it's always one minute before. But allegedly, that's their soulmate. Oh, I've been looking for you all my life, and so forth. And so what I want to say is um, there's no such thing as one soulmate. You don't find it in the scripture. You don't find David in the scripture either. But God will bring, like he brought Eve to the man, God will bring people into your life. He done. Listen, Adam could have said, no way, Jose. He could have said, God, what are you doing here? I don't want a brunette. I want a blonde. Why this? I don't want this. Of course, the pickings were slim in the garden. <laughs> he already rejected the animals. <laughs> and there was, no one, there was no one else available. But he could have said no, right? And, and it's a theological question, even regarding salvation. So, God is sovereign. He knows. He plans. He guides you. But you have to do your part too. You have to do your part. And even with the gospel, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten so who believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But then you can reject him. You can say, no, Jesus, I don't want you. Get out of my face. I don't believe in you. I don't need you. I don't want you. You can reject and make the most amazing message of eternal life. Why would you do that, though? I hope you're not going to do that. Hope you take Jesus. But you can reject that. God will bring people into your life and you can say, you know, slide left or slide right, right? You can say, no, I, I, I'm not going to that. So God will bring those people into your lives and you can um, reject them. I just want to clear up that. I know a lot of us, you may be thinking, you've been in love. Maybe, has anyone been in love? I see a couple of people raising their hand, they've been in love. If you're not in love, you will be in love. And you're going to be nuts, okay? We used to, we used to do this in our training class at, at the courts. When you're in love, you're clinically insane. 
you know, because you don't think correctly. He's like, oh, I don't know, he's so cute, everything's wonderful about him, or, or she, you know, guys will say this, she's so hot, you know, I, I love her to better, I love how she giggles, <laughs> you know? But, but of course, after they're married for about a year, they're going, do you have to do that? <laughs> you know, you kind of get, get, get over it real quick. But the idea here is, you have choices. And, and God will, if you're seeking Him, if you're saying, Jesus, I want to give you first place in my life, Lord, and that includes my dating life, that includes my career, that includes my whole being, He promises to provide. You have the great way maker, the great provider, Jehovah, Jireh, and He's going to bring people into your lives. And they, may, they, may, they may be here right now. Yeah, the people, your, your, your future husband or wife could be right in this room right now. But he brings them into your life. And then you have to do your part. You have to um, do your part. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, signs about you're, they're not the one, but we're also flipping around signs they are the one. So you might be in a relationship right now. And after this message, all based on the Bible, uh, you might decide this person is not the one. Or you may decide, man, they really are the one. Uh, and, and it's all a biblical theme that we're going to be going through. But I just want to say, you can fall in love with the wrong person. You can fall, because, you know, love is fleeting. Love isn't an emotion, but true love is a choice. True love is a commitment. And many people will say, oh, I love this person that way, but they might, just because you love them doesn't mean they're the right person, right? You could love someone and say, I love that person, but it's just not a match because of the different things that we're going to talk about. It's just not a match. And some of us have regrets about that. I want to say one more thing as we get into this. Um, what if the one that God brought to me was matchable, and I, and, I, and I was too immature to realize it, and I, and I left that, and it didn't happen. Does that mean I'm, I'm not going to meet anyone else? Does that mean I've lost my, my way? No, we just said that you can match up with many, and the world uses soulmate, the Bible doesn't use that, but I'm using it just so you guys know what that is. Many, God is the God of second chances. God is the God, he'll bring people into your life. You can actually be Look, there's how many billions of people in the world? You mean to tell me you can't match up with someone else? Of course you can. Of course you can. And God can do that. So if you messed up your previous relationship, take hope. Because who's your savior? Jesus. Nothing is impossible with him. So there, there's always a new beginning. There's always a second chance. So all that to say, although God doesn't bring directly and, and force us to say, marry Harry, Marry Harry, and you have to like obey like you're an automaton. Did I say that right? No, you're not brainwashed. God gives you a choice. So the intersection of, of God's sovereignty and man's free will is an issue. And, and salvation is like that too. God, Jesus, like I said, he's not going to force you to believe in him. On the other hand, it does say in scripture, choose this day who you will serve. On the other hand, it says, God says, I didn't, you didn't choose me, I chose you. It's a mystery how God brings couples together. But you have to play your part. I know some people just say, I'm just going to wait on God. And that's very admirable. Um, 
But there's a misconception of what waiting means in Scripture. Waiting is actually an action verb. It's not, I'm going to wait, I'm going to stay in my room, and God, if you want me to get married, that person's going to pop right in this room somehow, like um, Romeo and Juliet is going to climb up the ladder to my room and come, I'm here, I'm your night shining armor. It's not biblical. Waiting is an action term. You have to do your part. It's an action term. That's why Jesus said, even in, in the Gospels, he said, if you're looking for something, first off, will your heavenly Father give you a fish? I mean, give you a stone and ask for a fish? And some of us are saying, yeah, I met a fish. <laughs> but will he give you a stone if you ask for a fish? No. But here's what he says later on. He says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock the door down. And the door will be open. You see the progression there? There's a progression. You're not just waiting. Waiting is, is an active verb. So you have to do your part. While you're waiting on God, you're, you're embracing your singlehood if you're single. Uh, you're embracing that. You're having God work on you in your heart, um, teaching where you need to be ready because He wants to ready you for that person. He's preparing that person right now. And He's sovereign overall. But um, so. That being said, let's get into what I think are biblically some, some of these uh, red flags or green flags, however you look at it. Five signs about that. And the first sign is obvious um, when they're not on the same page spiritually. I mean, this should be common sense. If you're not on the same page or something vision wise and spiritually wise, it, and, and there's nothing against any other faith or religion, it's just the way it is. You know, I would get people in family court, they were like, he was, um, like, he said tomato and she said tomato. You know, they're always on different pages, on a different vision page. And the scripture says, you know, that's a red flag. That's something, if that person um, is not a believer in Jesus, this is going to be a problem for you down the way. You might love that person, you might get along with them, they might make you laugh, they might be attractive, and, and, and I know what it's like, it's a day, you know, the pickets are slim, <laughs> right here. I mean, they're like slim, you know, and um, I mean, the church I used to go to, it was mostly guys when I was a 20-something, and it was funny, we were like piranhas, whenever a girl came into the church, all the guys would run to her, go up, <laughs> run to her, say hi, you say, no, you like it, I'm not even kidding. That sounds like an exaggeration. I didn't do that. I always would stay back. Let those guys, let those piranhas go after that. But the idea here is, if you're not walking together spiritually, if you're, if the person you're with is not a, a believer in Jesus, you're going to have issues. Because this is Paul talking in Second Corinthians. He said, "Look, what what fellowship can light have with darkness, or or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever?" Now, you can have fun together and so forth, but when life gets going, when you get married, when you start having, say you have a sickness, or you lose your job, or you have kids, and you want are you, well, how are we going to raise these kids? First off, do we, are we going to have kids? And the one person may say, I didn't think we were going to have kids. Oh, yeah, we're having kids. And all those different things are going to come up that are going to be tensions in the relationship. Does that make sense? You know, tensions is not anything of like you're excluding anyone. It's just that 
God wants you to enjoy the best relationship. He wants you to enjoy the best life because He wants you to enjoy. He created relationship. He created marriage. He created sex. He wants you to have the greatest sex out there. You're not going to hear us at church too often. But yeah, He wants you to, to, to have the greatest sex in the right way that God created that. And this is like a no-brainer. It's like a non-negotiable uh, and you can, of course, this is a choice. These are all choices you can make. You can choose to marry whoever you want. But if you want a total blessing, you know, when you're spiritually together, that's the core of your being. It affects everything in your life. It affects your emotions, it affects the physical. So if you want to have the best relationship, have the inner core together. Amos 3 3 um, says, How can two walk together unless they're agreed? We, that was a scripture we went through a few weeks ago. If you're always fighting and you're not in agreement, how in the world are you going to have a relationship together? Can you imagine these guys getting together? <laughs> can, you, can you, like, what a relationship? Boy, it would be exciting, though, for a while, wouldn't it? And uh, they might have some fun and so forth, and some good discourse. And so forth, but after a while, they would be at each other's throats because they're so different. Their values are so different. Their beliefs are so different. Their morals are so different. Everything is different, and, and so that's what really Paul is saying here. So that's really non-negotiable. I mean, this is this is just the way it is. And and so, what happens if you're you're, you're already with someone and you're a non-believer? Uh, if you're married, the scripture says, stay with that person. And hopefully that person can come to know Jesus through, through that. If you're not married, you have a rough decision to make. It's a rough decision. I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm just telling you what the scripture says. And it's your choice. Again, it's all a choice. But God says this is what will make you the happiest if you follow his word. And so many of us have made wrong choices. A bad pick never makes a good relationship. just never does. So the second thing is, uh, when those you love um, don't, I, I, I messed that up. Uh, when those you love don't love the one you love. Does that make sense? When those you love, I mean your family, your friends, when your friends and your family that love you and want the best for you say, no, 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 no. When, when your girlfriend or your boyfriend, meaning boyfriend like just a dude, says, to, to me, when Mike says to me, Dave, she's cute and all, but no, man, there's something just not right. It's just something not right. It's not, it's not right. And when you have that, everyone's saying that, when everyone is saying that, your mother's, and by the way, even though your parents may not be Christian, God works through authority figures. He works through parents. Even though they might, we may think our parents are dumb, and some of our parents are dumb, right? And hope with everybody parents in the room. <laughs> but but it, it's it's the fact is that they have wisdom, they care for you. No one can unless you're, you're from an abusive background like I was and growing up. Your mother wants the best for you, your father wants the best for you. If they're all saying, don't do it, don't you're gonna regret it, don't do it, and all your friends are saying, uh, maybe you should listen a little bit, right? The heartfelt counsel of a friend is like perfume. And there's so many scriptures in Proverbs like this, and like sweet incense. And, and also, the way a fool seems right. It seems right, 
And when you're in love, I hate to say it, but, and we used to teach this in family court to couples who broke up and then they're, looking, they're, looking, they're in a rebound relationship. Watch out if you're ever in a rebound relationship because your heart was broken or, or you just got a divorce or whatever. You're not thinking right, okay? Your, your self esteem has been hurt. And you're going to pick up the very first thing that comes along and then you're going to regret it later on. And, and we used to say, and it's true, that this, the psychologist who taught this with me, parent education classes and after divorce, and I would teach that in family court to all the people in Middlesex County that got divorced. They would say, he would teach, you're clinically insane for the first two years. Don't go in any relationship after you break up because you're not thinking right. And, and this is kind of like, you're like a fool, in other words. You need, you have to have people around you that will coach you and be with you and definitely the scripture. So what he's saying here is the way a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Uh, listen to advice. So first thing is, if they're not on the same spiritual page with you, that's number one red flag. Number, number two red flag is if everyone, including all your friends, say, and your parent, all other people say, is something not right with this dude? I don't know what it is. I don't know. He looks like a serial killer to me. I don't know. You know? <laughs> Maybe you should listen to that. And, and, and that's just how it is. So this is a, just wise advice from the scripture. Third thing is when we don't experience healthy conflict. Now, we talked about this last week. We talked about the fact that every couple argues. Everyone argues. We all like a good fight once in a while. And it's not a fact of if you're going to argue, it's how you're going to argue. Because, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And the healthy relationships are those relationships that we learned last week. Uh, are those people that can argue right. They want they argue for resolution, not revolution, right? Some people, you'll meet some people, and I'm thinking of one particular person, don't worry, you're not here. And this one person, he was in a relationship, and this dude, and I, and I was there for him all the time, and he, had, he went through a number of girlfriends, and he just had to win an argument. I mean, it would be something like, you know, it's cloudy out today. No, it's not. It's partly sunny. And, and then over something dumb and stupid like that, there would be a huge blowout, right? You ever meet people like that that just have to argue and they're, and they're it's like a dumb thing. It's so silly and they're arguing and this guy, he can't keep a relationship. He won't be able to keep a relationship and um, because of that. And, and so healthy conflict also includes, listen, um, if this person, you know, I, I write a lot on our singles blog, oasis-singles.com, a little plug there. Um, we get tens of thousands of people every week on our site. And if this person um, abuses you in any way, now there's lots of abuse. There's emotional abuse, right? They may emotionally abuse you, make you feel like you're nothing. That's emotional abuse. That's an abusive relationship. And in the area of conflict, it's not going to go well with a person like that. They're going to always draw you down. They're going to always, yeah, using the word always. And, and you never do that in an argument. Never use the word always and never. You never do this. You always do that. But in this sense, if this person is always um, coming at you and making belittling you, and abusing you verbally, 
that's a red flag. And your friends may see that because they can see things objectively. And of course, this says nothing for physical abuse. If anyone were to ever um, strike you once, or abuse you once, and the pattern of that is, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I won't have, I promise I'll never lay a hand on you again. Run. Run. Unless that person has a complete interchange by the power of the Holy Spirit, once an abuser, always an abuser. Unless they've been changed by the power of God's Holy Spirit, they come to Christ on their hands and knees and say, God, forgive me, change me, give me a new beginning. Don't go as an abuser. It could be, you know, 10% of the abuse we get in the state of New Jersey is actually dudes who get beat up by their girlfriends. <laughs> actually, they actually get whipped real good by their girlfriends. <laughs> and, and some of you girls have, have tempers. You have to, oh, you'll go off. And, and the guy's not, he's, he's a gentleman, so he's not going to go back. And he's going, no, no. But yeah, there's 10% of these. But if you're in a situation like this, there's no healthy conflict resolution. Uh, this is a situation where you're going to have to weigh that out and, um, and see that. And we, we shared the scripture last week. The idea of being slow to, to quick to listen, slow to anger, and, and slow to speak goes far in your relationship. So if you're with someone and they just have to keep yapping and yapping and yapping and get the last word out, and, and, and it's just their pattern of living. In the Proverbs, and I'm not picking on women, but it's in there, and men are just some woman. It's like a nag, basically. It's like a drip, 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 drip. Any of you guys know having a girlfriend and she's a drip, 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 drip? All right, all right. Or it might be the other side. It might be the guy. Drip, 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 drip. They keep bringing up the past. They keep, like, that kind of a person that just has to win an argument, always arguing. That's a red flag. And you should think twice about that. Because when you're committed to that person in a marriage, you're stuck with that person, right? And, and, and that's just the way it is. So number four is you find it difficult to trust that person. Kind of related to this, but not quite. So trust is a big issue. First Corinthians 13, oh, there it uh, says, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes. If you can't trust the person you're with, you're with the wrong person. If they can't trust you, you're with the wrong person. And trust is, once trust is broken, it's so hard. You can build, it, it takes time to build trust with someone. A lot of you guys don't know me, you're thinking, this guy is nuts. <laughs> you just came in here and you're thinking, what in the world is this guy? But you don't know me, you don't trust me. But once you build trust, then there, there's intimacy you can have, right? You'll open up to that person, you'll share your burdens, and, and it's, a, it's a to and fro thing. But once it's broken, you know, someone told me it, it takes, you know, a couple of years to build trust, it only takes one incident of a lie to like totally destroy it. How can you trust someone if you found them DMing someone on a cell phone, and that person, oh, I'm sorry, it was a mistake. You're gonna find it hard to trust that person, right? It's gonna be like, well, I forgive you, but deep inside, you're always gonna wonder, wow, how do I know? How do I know that they're 
they're going to stay with me. How do I know that they're not out screwing around somewhere else? And that's a red flag. If you have that, then, you know, get some counseling and, and pray about it because um, that's an issue. I see it all the time when I was working and we're about to close. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, call the band up, actually. And, and the idea is... It takes long to build trust. It takes one thing to, to, to lose that trust. Now, I'm not saying you can't. These are just red flags. So you need to pray about that. But these are the things. Non-negotiable is the first one about being in the same vision. Day. Last one is this. When they're leading you away rather than closer to Jesus. This is probably one of the most important. If they're leading you away from Jesus, and you see this all the time, every time I see a couple in the church, when I was pastor of the other churches, and I'm really happy with that. Hey, Pastor Dave, we just met together. Isn't he cute? And he's so wonderful. And and but he's not a Christian, though. But you know what? He's a good guy, and he's spiritual. Yeah, yeah, he's he's spiritual. But he doesn't talk about Jesus or anything. But he he's real spiritual. You always hear that word today. I'm spiritual, not religious. And of course, as a church, we're not religious. We have a relationship with Jesus. We, we want, we love Jesus. So if you're a real Christian, you should be talking about Jesus. In the first hour of your date, they should know that, you know what, my whole being, my whole core, the whole purpose I'm here is because Jesus saved me. Where do you stand? If that person says, well, you know, I'm not really religious, but he's really cute and really nice, run. There's no such thing as missionary dating. You can, you can try missionary dating, meaning, I'm going to win him over. I'm going to change him. You're not going to change a person. Only God can change a person. A lot of ladies want to change their man. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Guys, can, can ladies change you? Come on, yell it out. Yes? You think they can change you? No. No! They can't change you. Only God can change you. And guys, you're not going to change the girl either. You're not going to change you. Only God can. So, I see this all the time. They become, they come to church the first few times, and then all of a sudden, they're like, they leave church, and, and then worship yet, they leave the community of friends that actually gave them support. The support of friends. So they'll leave their best friend. And, and, and this happened recently, and, and the person comes to me and says, she left me, I'm, I'm her best friend, and all of a sudden, she has no time for me. Why? Because she's spending time with this guy who's not her whole world, and she's codependent on him, another red side. And, and, and then, little by little, they stray away from them. They end up in sin, in sex sin, or whatever it is. They end up, like, lost, and then, boom, that. If that's happening to you, then that's a red flag. Then you need to pray about, if I really love God, why am I staying in this relationship? Again, these are all choices. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not, no one's going to judge you. It's just that God wants the best for you. These are just practical, common sense choices that we have to make. So, as we close down, we have a, you know, God wants you to be on the same vision page. He wants you to, with the, with the person you like, He wants you to be able to resolve conflict healthy, in a healthy way. I'm going to go back to those. Um, he wants you to be able to trust the person you're with rather than to always wonder, gee, what's going on here? Um, and then um, 
if your loved ones really can't stomach the person. Think about it. And as we close, love you guys. Thanks for coming out. Jesus loves you. He wants you to know him personally. He is all about relationship. This whole church, most of us don't know each other. We want to grow relationship with each other. We want to connect with each other. And there'll be opportunities to do that through our connect groups, through our activities we're going to have. Uh, we want you to get to know each other because that's their strength, right? When you have fellowship with each other. And if you're at the position where you walked in here and you don't even know if you are a Christian, uh, may I say that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm the biggest sinner out there. I mean, if you knew my skeletons, you wouldn't even be up here. You wouldn't even be here. But, but God has forgiven me, and God can forgive you. And there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. He, the scripture says he, he came to earth, God the Father sent God the Son to earth to die for our sins, to reverse all this mess you see in the world right now. He came to fix all that. And one by one, he wants to bring us into his family. And it's all by faith, all by saying, Jesus, I believe in who you are. I know I'm a sinner. And Lord, please forgive me. Please heal me where I need to be healed. Please touch me where I need to be touched. And a great thing happens when you do that. When you say yes to Jesus, when you repent of your sins, Jesus washes you, he cleanses you, he cleans you, he gives you a new beginning. Isn't it wonderful to have a new beginning in life? But you might feel clean again. That's what it's all about. It's all about that. And we all come the same way. None of us are better than each other. So, and then it's a matter of, once you do that, you say, come into my heart and live in my heart. And the Holy Spirit will come inside you and live in you and give you a new beginning and, and, and tell you that you're his child. That's the opportunity there. Why don't we bow our heads? Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. You're the great way maker, Lord, provider. Nothing is too difficult for you. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And Jesus, thank you for raising again on the third day, busting, busting, destroying the powers of hell, destroying the powers of Satan, destroying all addiction, all fear, that you you, Lord, are coming back again for your children. All this mess you see is just you setting the stage for the victory. Father, we pray for anyone in this room that has not given their lives to you, Lord, that they're, they're still struggling in their journey. We pray for them. We pray that the reality of your love may become real in their heart today. And, and if any of you feel that way, I just want you to, to raise your hand so we can give you, we're not going to embarrass you. We'll talk separately, but if you're like that, I want to know, I'll give you something uh, that literature so you can raise your hand. Yeah, I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know forgiveness. I want to know what it's like to feel clean. I want to know what it's like to have a new beginning. You just let us know. We'll be there for you because God loves you and he's here for you. Father, thank you for all these things in Jesus' precious name.